Welcome to this episode of the Business of Practice podcast, where we focus on the physical, financial, and human sides of equine veterinary medicine. In this episode, we're talking about improving cash on hand with Dr. Mike Pownell. I'm your host, Kim Brown, publisher of Equimanagement. The Business of Practice podcast is brought to you by Decro Veterinary Products. Mike Pownell, DVM MBA, is a Canadian-based veterinarian and partner in Oculus Insights. That company is focused on helping veterinarians and other members of the animal healthcare industry improve their businesses. So thank you, Dr. Pownell, for joining us today to talk about improving cash on hand. Well, thank you for the invitation. And this is a subject that is kind of geeky of me, but I get kind of excited about it. This is, I don't like spending a lot of time in spreadsheets, but this is one area where I I think there's a lot of advantages and there's a lot of easy gains for most vet practices uh, looking at this. Well, you had mentioned that so often you'll be talking to veterinarians about their practice and they're like, look, I'm, I'm making good profits, but I have no money in the bank. Yeah. So where do they need to start investigating what's going on? So there's a thing called the cash or excuse me, let's call it the working capital gap. And it sort of tells you how much what the time period is before you um, have to pay for supplies and the time you get paid by customers. And so when we start to think that, okay, um, usually if my suppliers, um, you know, let's say for on average, I got to pay 30 days. And, and that could be whether you're buying from the distributor or manufacturer, but it's also anything that you, any kind of repairs you need around the clinic, insurance, all those things. And so let's say on average, you got to pay things back in 30 days. Uh, as equine veterinarians, we're very uh, happy. I don't know if happy is the right word, but we seem to be because we do it a lot to give our clients credits. And so we'll go and, and you know, do work and, and, you know, send them an invoice and hopefully we'll get paid in some measure of time. So really, you know, it's that area between I've got to pay my bills and yet people still owe me money and how long is it going to take to, to get payment? And so I think when we're as veterinarians or as practice owners or managers, we got to look at four key areas. Um, the first is, is the amount of inventory we have on hand. And there's really, um, you know, ideally, uh, there, you know, there's a term called average days inventory. So how many days does it take you to sell your average uh, piece of inventory? Some things will be much quicker, you know, maybe like a phenylbutazone or SMZs or something like that, you know, you know, very rapid. Other things might hang around for much longer. Um, and so ideally, you know, is if you've got to pay your supplier in 30 days, you would love to be able to sell it within 30 days. And then that brings us to our next place is, well, how long is it taking for clients to pay us? And so there's another metric called average days accounts receivable, which is on average, how long it takes us to get paid. And, you know, looking at various um, surveys and studies, I think equine practices, and it depends, racetracks may be more, um, some smaller sport horse or pleasure horse practices may be less, but on average, you're looking between 45 and 60 days. So it's taking about 45, 60 days for a veterinarian to get paid for the services that they've offered. Now, if we're looking at our inventory and, and our payments that we have to pay in 30 days, already we see a disconnect. Yeah. You know, there could be a 15 to 30 day, uh, excuse me, 15, yeah, 15 to 30 day gap between what you have to pay and the money coming in. 
Um, and then um, the other thing we want to look at too, and it's, it's not as big an issue, uh, we have less day-to-day -day control over it, are you know, things that don't show up on the profit and loss statement, like uh, paying off loans or leasehold improvements, uh, maybe bigger purchases. This gets into more of accounting, but you know, let's say you're a, a practice and the bank, uh, your profit and loss statement shows that you've made $10,000 in profit. That's great. Um, but if you're paying about $6,000 a month in bank loans, um, you know, just using an example, really you're only left with about 4,000. So when you're looking at these, um, how do you solve this problem? It seems like inventory is a place to start. Yep. Yeah. So I think that's you... where big wins are. And so I think the first thing you can do and, you know, um, you know, you can go to your accountant or bookkeeper and ask for the balance sheet for the previous year, uh, because that will tell you the information. And, you know, I, I would say these are really esoteric terms. Honestly, just Google average days inventory. Um, there's a lot of great sites that will show up and they'll show you the formula. And it's not that uh, difficult. It's just a little bit of division and multiplication. And then basically what you're looking at is the amount of um, your sales and your cost of goods, which is how much it costs you, how much inventory you purchase in the year. There's a formula and it'll tell you, you know, this is how many days you have. And so I think for any practice is figure out where it was at the end of, la of 2020, figure out at the end of the year. So at least you have your base, you know, line. And if it's anything over 30, um, and I'm probably going to say with most vet practices, probably closer to 40 to 50 is, all right, now we got to start looking at, you know, if we're over, you know, 40, 50 days, you know, that's, that's a lot of inventory. And so, you know, with our distributors, most of the time, depending where we live, we can get shipments within 24 hours. Do we need to carry so much stock? Um, you know, the one thing, and, and, and part of this is I think just the nature of the beast, human nature, veterinarians, nothing, nothing makes us feel better than going out for a day's worth on the world and just seeing our truck just stocked full of stuff. Because, hey, you never know. This might be the day where I'm going to sell 100 of these. Um, but you can look at your practice management software and you can look at, you know, identify some of the top items, maybe your top 5% uh, of items that you have that you'll sell and look at it. And it's just, you know, it's very easy to do the arithmetic and just say, well, uh, you know, if I look at a period, let's say, of uh, April 1st to June 30th last year, how many did I sell in that period of time? And then, you know, I kind of have a rule of thumb is I want a minimum of about a week to weeks and a half worth of inventory on the shelf, no more than three. I don't want to get caught short, but, you know, why should I have more than a month's worth of supply if I can get it so quickly? And so let's say, for example, you have a medication and, you know, it, it shows you that you sell two of them a week in that period. And so that would mean my, you know, if I want a week and a half, my minimum would be three. And if I want no more than three weeks, if I'm selling two a week, I want no more than six. And if I look at my inventory and I've got 12, I'm like, I've got twice as much as I need. So these are the things I need to start to cut back on. And, and I, I have found working at veterinarians is this, it's that real psychological thing is like, you don't want to get caught short. I've driven out to this farm. I got a lot of work. I, you know, I just don't want to be short if they ask for something. And I get that. Um, but sometimes you often will know about that in the, you know, uh, way ahead of time so you can order specifically for it.
but at least the, the records will show you that on average you only sell two a week so you don't need six weeks worth of it you know and so i think those are the small things that gives you an idea of like you know what i think we're just probably a little bit too flush with inventory let's let's smooth it down let's try to get her as close as we can to 30. it's hard in a veterinary practice because some things we need to carry just because you never know and so you know you have uh, fluid bags and maybe you know, you maybe need it once a month and so yeah you have to have it but uh, if we can be a little bit more efficient and make sure we have what we're going to sell within a week and a half to three weeks, you know, I think any practice is going to, their, their inventory days will go down considerably. Decra Veterinary Products is proud to sponsor Equimanagement's The Business of Practice podcast. Decra's equine product line includes Osphos, Clotronate Injection, Orthocon Vet IREP 10 and 60, Osteocon PRP, Equidone Gel, Thumperidone, the Vetivex line of parenteral fluids, Vicox EQ Joint Supplement, and a comprehensive line of topical dermatologic products. The recent addition of Zymeta, Diaperone Injection, further expands Decra's equine offerings. For more information about Decra's products, please visit decra-us.com. And I, I can just hear veterinarians, Dr. Paolo, going, yeah, but that seems like a lot of work. But isn't it just developing a, a new way to do their business? I mean, yeah, every every new thing is going to be tough. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it gives you your baseline. So maybe you do it the first time and you're like, hey, I've got 40 days of inventory. Okay, you're doing pretty good. Um, but can you reduce that two or three days? You know, the other thing is it takes time, but you know, it's that old saying is if you look at your inventory and you just imagine it's dollar bills stocked on the shelves, because you basically have all this money tied up. And so the more money that you hide up tied up there, it's money that you can't use to pay your bills. Uh, it's, uh, you can't invest into your practice. And so if all of a sudden you're like, Hey, I can turn my days from, you know, 40 down to 30, you may end up with an extra $10,000, $20,000 in the bank. That's money that you can use for paying yourself for being a vet, for you know, doing some improvements you always wanted to do in the clinic, buying a new piece of equipment. So it's worth it. It's not like you're doing it because it's an intellectual exercise that it's a nice to know. You're going to have some really measurable outputs that you're like, hey, I'm saving money. And that's great. We all would like to do that. Yeah. Okay, and, and if they think that's difficult, let's talk about the accounts payable. So how do you get your clients? And I, I would think that, you know, the pandemic may have helped because a lot of people were paying with credit cards. But how do we keep from drifting back to carrying clients 30, 60, 90 days? How do you get them to pay at time of service or at least in that first 30 days? So we're pretty fortunate, and I think this is the Amazon effect. We're used to paying pretty well with most of what we buy at time of service. It's just, it's habit with veterinarians, or we think that's just the way it's always been. If I go back about 10 years, and when this is when I really got interested in accounts receivable, you know, it was January. I'm in Canada. The winters are, are long. You know, January, February, March are our slowest time of the year. I need to have enough money in the bank by the end of December to help us carry over the next three months until we get busier. 
and start replenishing the coffers again. And I remember one year looking at it and we had already dipped into our line of credit and it's January. And I calculated our average days accounts receivable and we were horrible. Like it was over a hundred days. Oh. It was taking me a hundred days to collect. And I'm sitting there like, we're not going to survive the winter unless we fine tune this. And, you know, basically we did two things. We sent two letters, you know, we went to all the clients who have been historically very good and saying, we are changing our terms of service and we're now insisting on payment at the time of service, but you have been an exceptional client. There's no need to punish you. We'll carry these terms. But if you get past 45 days, we will have to implement this new standard. Everybody else who had been taking 60 to 100 days plus to pay us, we said, we are now at payment at time of service. I got two phone calls. Um, one, yeah. And so I think it's the fears with us. And so I got two phone calls and one was honestly a client that we were happy to say, yeah, you know, if you can't pay us, we don't want you. That's fine. And then what we have done ever since every new client, we say it's payment of time of service and nobody says boo. You know, the one person I remember a couple of people have said, well, I don't have a credit card, so I can't pay you at time of service. And we're thinking, well, Visa or MasterCard won't take your credit. Why should we? Inside voice. But, you know, it's, it's, an, it's, a not, it's an issue with veterinarians. We're, we're worried about upsetting people. And really, when we, when we introduce these new standards, most people are like, I was wondering when you're going to do that. Everybody else pays at time of service. And so by June of that year, we were down to 45 days. So that it was a lean winter, I'll be honest. But it really, and right now we're on, we're averaging about 22 days between our, of all our practices. And that includes a large racehorse component as well, too. So basically you did a letter, everybody in the clinic knew what the policy was and yep. they talked to a client. This is the policy. Yep. And so when the, the vets have their day sheets to go out on call, every one of their appointments, they'll say paying by check. We have a credit card on file whatever the situation is, collect cash. And, you know, if everybody knows the system and everybody's on top of it, and then, as I said, now we're down, we've gone from 100 days to 20 days, 20, 22 days. Um, our average days accounts payable is around 40. Not uh, Average days inventory, excuse me, is around 40. So um, we're getting our money in quicker, much quicker. Um, much quicker than we, you know, then we have a bit of a buffer in terms of how we can pay it back. Then, You know, we would all like to be Amazon. Amazon pays a supplier in about 80 days and it collects their money in about 20 days. So they have about a 60 day gap where they have money that helps them do a lot of great things, but we're not all Amazon. Yeah. Um, when you're talking about inventory, I want to walk back a little bit to this. I know uh, there are quite a few veterinarians who are setting up their own, I will have this shipped. If it's not something they need while you're on the call, mm -hmm. I'll have that shipped to you and it'll be to your place in 24, 48, whatever hours. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's their own online pharmacies they're working through. What What's your advice on that to help reduce the, the items that are in the trucks or the facility? Yeah, and I know a lot of vets are worried that they feel, well, you know, I'm selling it at a lower price than I would uh, if I sold it off the back of the truck. 
you know, some people will argue that, you know what, I don't mind having it on my truck and I'm going to charge a premium for it. And when people complain about the price where well, I can go to an online pharmacy and it's $10 cheaper, I'm like, yes, but you have it now. That's the cost of carrying it. Um, but I, I think, you know, there's a lot of costs that go into inventory that we don't think about. Um, usually uh, there's about a 20 to 40% cost, uh, what we call a handling fee. And that is the, the labor that goes to counting the shelves, putting the order in, taking the, unpacking the order, checking it across, uh, across against the, the packing slip, entering it into the practice management software. There's the stuff that's not billed. There's the stuff that expires. There's the bottle that falls on the ground and breaks. Um, all that stuff adds up. So when you buy a product for $10, it usually is really the true cost is between 12 and 14 so I think the other thing that really um, what you know makes us aware of in terms of cash management is often how our prices don't reflect what our costs are. And so, um, you know, this is one of the things where I really encourage people to enter their products, enter their practice management software, have it set up that it automatically in, uh, does a markup based on the cost. Yeah. I have known practices that have discovered after five years that there's a product they've been selling like water, like it goes out every day and they've been selling it at a loss because they never looked at it to go, what is the true price on it? And prices go up. And if we're not on top of it, we're selling things less than we do, less than we should. And the same thing goes for our services. When we understand really what it costs to, um, to offer a service, you know, that makes us realize that some things we need, you know, we do need to charge more. And so I think that's really the, the bigger factor that really can influence our cash flow is, the, the, you know, to making sure we're charging appropriately that, you know, our, our profit is built into it. Okay. So, I mean, these are not, you know, very large things to do. We talked about accounts receivable and inventory and accounts payable mm -hmm. and making sure that we're not having inventory that's not making us money and then we're not losing money as you just mentioned that's that's kind of critical yes. on products that we're selling yeah so is there something else anything else that you would like to offer as advice to practitioners on improving the cash they have on hand i think the biggest win that you're going to get is you know is your accounts receivable and training your staff your veterinarians and your clients your payment terms and I, you know, I have, I have spent a lot of time with a lot of practices talking about tightening up their accounts receivables and everybody is just so worried that they're going to, they're going to lose clients and they don't, it just doesn't happen. Um, yes. Like anytime you make a big change, you might lose one or two, but they're usually the people that have been the worst paying and they probably have cost you money to have them as a client. So, you know, um, they're, you know, this, you know, we're, most of us are quite busy right now. And, and so this gives us a great opportunity as vet practices to be a little bit more discriminating in the type of clients that we have. And so those that don't pay the bills or it takes forever to collect and it takes phone calls and you got to plead and you got to talk to them, you know, maybe it's time to say, you know, maybe there's another practice that is more your style and, and we'll focus on the people that pay, or, that pay their bills promptly. Yeah, because like you just mentioned, it takes someone to call that person and try mm -hmm. and get money. So you are spending even more money to try and collect the money. Yeah. I, I guess the rule of thumb that we use in our practice is that once it's after 60 days, whatever profit has been built into it, we've lost. 
Wow. Just because, well, and, and I, you know, have I measured this on some things? Yes. But, you know, yes, you can do a high margin activity like a pre-purchase exam. It may take 90 days or whatever. But when you start adding up the amount of time that you and your staff spend talking about it, calling, waiting, waiting on hold, uh, and then you end up going to collections or, or getting legal uh, measures to collect your money, you've lost money on those people. So it's like a lot of things. It's, it's a, accounts receivable is a very preventable disease. And if you set up, up at the very beginning, these are our standards, this is how we're going to get paid, uh, it's not a problem later on. Well, that's, I, I love the accounts receivable <laughs> and, and likening it to a, a preventable disease. That is, uh, that's a great example. So, uh, yeah, I think between looking at your inventory and your accounts receivable, uh, I think those two will be quick wins and then, you know, spend a bit more time in looking at what your costs are and are you charging appropriately? Well, that's great advice. And that's something that if practitioners will sit down with their accountant or they're just their software and do this, mm -hmm. they can, like you said, improve the amount of cash they've got on hand. So yeah. thank you, Dr. Polino, for joining us today. And we want to thank our listeners for joining us for the Business of Practice podcast. And a big thanks to our sponsor, Decra Veterinary Products. You can visit equimanagement.com or your favorite podcast network to hear each episode of the Business of Practice. And if you have any questions or suggestions, send me an email at kbrown at equinenetwork.com. The Business of Practice podcast is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network, LLC. 